You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to a Rare Drop podcast. Check us out at raredrop.co. And people listening in audio land or watching on YouTube, welcome to episode three of Star Wars and Scotch. Return of the Scotch is what Paul has it currently named. I don't know if that'll make it to the final cutting floor. I'm Kevin, aka K Magic 101, and that's the soon to be verified on Twitter, Darkness429. <laughs> For if he it's does quite, not get verified, it's been, it's been quite the push, dude. There's a lot of people tweeting about it right now. I was on CNBC today, Kevin, and I didn't even know about it. Which is. They don't they have to contact you for that? Uh, no, because they were just looking at the homepage of Facebook. Oh. Um, of Facebook Gaming, and I was at the top. And so it's just this big picture of me just chilling. I told, I, I keep saying Tim needs to get verified. GCX needs to get verified. And Kings Coast needs to get verified. Then Rare yeah. Drop. I don't care about myself. Nobody pays attention to me anyway. I love you, Kevin. I know you do, Tim. It's them. They don't <laughs> care about me. Hi, Facebook chat. You guys are cute. Make sure to react and share to the stream. Please. T- tell your friends about it. Tell them to come hang out and be Star Wars nerds. I I know I know. there's many of you out there. So Everybody wants to talk about the wars tonight. So basically tonight, chat, we're going to talk about a few things. Uh, we're going to talk about Mark Hamill revealing the fact that he's had cameos all over the place that nobody has ever seemed to know about. What we're- the f- What the f- we're going to talk about the uh, rarest Star Wars action figure landing on eBay for a record-breaking price. We are going to discuss uh, and look at the, the Squadrons trailer, uh, which released during EA Play last week. And then we're going to go into Cantina time and chit-chat about uh, some other stuff. Oh, and we're going to talk about the next episode that I watched of production for uh, the gallery for Mandalorian, which had the most amazing technology I've ever seen in film. Oh, you got to see the you got to see the the room. Yeah, uh, what are they? What do they call it? The not the dome. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. we said we wanted to do the projector thing when we get back to the studio. Now I want that instead. You just want you just want three hundred and sixty degrees. Yep. Cameras everywhere, and I want wow. to be able to cut to whomever. I actually like the way they do the round table, and I, I think love we, that. I think we could mimic that in a, in a certain setting and do that for stuff. Um wanted to we talked about doing that in the podcast room we did maybe we will it's just too small nothing is no more room small. well that's also not true <laughs> that's what she's he said did she say was that it, too that's what he said can we make those jokes are we okay to make those jokes yeah of course okay good although the office hasn't aged well i will say that there's a lot of oh no. Uh, no. a lot of you can't say that anymore on the office um a lot of things kevin's like blazing saddles 
Blazing Saddles is a parody of all of that stuff. That's the point of Blazing Saddles. Don't ruin Blazing Saddles for me. <laughs> Please don't cancel Blazing Saddles, chat. Has anybody got a dime? <laughs> Somebody's got to go back and get a shitload of dimes. <laughs> all right, let's uh, talk about Star Wars. Uh, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Sorry, stream. I pulled up Facebook to look at them, and I accidentally bled audio. I apologize. Um... Let's talk about the Star Wars rarest action figure landing on eBay for a record-breaking price. This comes from the HollywoodReporter.com. Okay. The rocket-firing Boba Fett has fetched more than how much do you think? Mm, Four million. A hundred thousand dollars. A few Aww. times. A few times. What is considered to be the holy grail of Star Wars figures has landed on eBay with a price that is out of this world. Come on, four million. Certified rocket firing Boba Fett prototype is currently on the auction site for chats. What do you think? Come on, four million. What do you think? It's not even close to four million, Tim. Fuck. Come, come way, way down. Okay, five hundred thousand. Lower. Really? Yeah. Two hundred thousand. Audrey got it. Two hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. Audrey read it before it even happened. Should the figure be snapped up, it will be a new record. Originally, the figure was offered by the toy line Kenner. Remember Kenner? As a mail-away special. Bob, uh, Kenner? You don't remember Kenner? They made toys. Look at it. If you Google it, you'll see the logo. You'll be like, Kenner. Uh, Boba Fett first being featured as a cartoon character in the 1978 Star Wars Christmas special. Uh, However, the rocket-firing version was never made. uh, Wait. Rocket firing version never made it to kids as that iteration was deemed a choking hazard before the toys were shipped. Okay, can we just roll that back real quick? Also, I do know Kenner is now. Okay, got it. Told you. Um, yeah, I get it. Um, can we talk about the the little chocolate eggs that have the plastic toys in them? Oh, the, the a, Kinder. Kinder eggs? Why are they okay in Europe? Why do European children not choke on stuff like that? But apparently American children do. They sell Kinder here, though, don't they? Or do I they was, not? Yeah, yeah, no, they do. They sell Kinder in the U.S., but the toy is no not toy. in the egg. No toy in the egg. I got you. I got you. So, so everyone should be mad, rage, because we were denied our Boba Fett toy. Get mad, chat. Mad. I'm mad as hell. Oh. Uh. Zach Tan, a Los Angeles-based toy collector who is brokering the eBay sale for the current owner, a man in Dubai, told ABC News he was con- confident the figure would not last long, even with the large price tag. The seller wants to remain anonymous. This is the kind of piece that transcends collecting, he said. Every time it sells, it breaks another record because they just don't come very often. The eBay description, here it is, one of the greatest, uh, one of the true grails of vintage Star Wars with amazing providence. The item is currently in Dubai and will be shipped fully insured, or even better arrangements to meet up in person can be made. Almost a year ago, another How rocket fire in Dubai. I don't know. Uh, that's where the person that has it uh, did. Uh, thank you, real. Um, another ro- uh, rocket firing fet sold for one hundred twelve thousand nine hundred twenty-six dollars, breaking a new record. ABC News reported that record did not last long. As just a few months later, someone bought another one for one hundred and eighty-five thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars. Um, wow. What Star Wars toys did you have as a kid? Oh my god, which um, I actually had a C-3PO plastic like toy holder mm-hmm. and so it was this big C-3PO and then you'd open them up and then all of the Star Wars toys would fit perfectly inside of them and then they yeah. also had <gasps> then it had a plastic um, Oh, you like, just took bar. me back. I know it exactly was, what you're talking right? about. Isn't that fucking wild? So it's a plastic bar that you could then hold like Put across it to keep yep. your toys from falling from off, falling and then you can put the little name. You can put the little uh, name labels on the plastic parts, and then be like, you know, here's Han Solo, here's Luke Skywalker, and then it's like multiple iterations of Luke Skywalker. So like those, and then so those were like the little action figures I had. I had um I had a um I had a snow speeder. Um, uh, my uncle had an, uh, a real ATAT that fired missiles and stuff, which was super cool to, to play with. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those were my Star Wars toys. I had oh. Oh, oh, Kevin, I just, wow, holy crap. Okay, so I had a TIE fighter that um, had a little handle on it, and you could fly it around. Yeah, 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 I had, I had, I had the X-Wing. 
okay. I also had the X-wing too. There and and so for the Tie Fighter, you could press buttons on the side, and the wings would eject like it was like in a dogfight, and it like you know like it took damage, the wings popped off and crash. So that was like that was the function for the Tie Fighter is that the wings would come off, and then this was probably the coolest thing ever. So I had an X-wing, like big X-wing. I have no idea what happened to it, but Luke sat in the middle he didn't come out he was permanently in there his head would turn and you would turn his head by turning r2d2 in the back um you could do the you could do the uh the, the wings you could change them from being you know in normal to attack position and then there was buttons where you could make luke's targeting computer come out and then there was also obi-wan lines so you would press the button and be like use the force luke luke the force will be with you always like that and so like i had my tie fighter my x-wing and it just yeah so those are probably some like most memorable star wars toys i had the x-wing with the handle that you're talking about i remember that it, one the one where i get lit up and shit yeah like obi-wan talked yeah uh i had um the play sets uh one was was uh one of the bunkers on hoth so i had all the snow troopers uh that came with it and i had han solo with the jacket with chewy uh, I had another one. I don't remember where it was. It might have been Endor. It might have uh, been Endor because I remember Leia had the helmet and stuff like that. Like yeah, yeah. she has at the end. Uh, so I had those play sets. Um, and then uh, I mean they don't kind of cross over to video games. But my fondest memories are playing the ridiculously difficult Super Nintendo. Oh my Star god, Wars those games. were amazing. Yeah, they're really difficult. I tried playing those them in Corey's so arcade one good. day, and I just kept dying over and over and over and over. <laughs> I honestly, it's so, so. I went back and played like the rare collection. I had no idea how just painful those games were. <laughs> well, that was video games back then in general. But that was the thing is like as a child, it was just blissfully, blissfully ignorant. Yep. To me, getting my ass handed to me, and I was just like, no, oh, I died. Did it again. Like yep. there's like like Battle Toads. There's a level in Battletoads where you have to rappel down into this like slimy pit. I remember. And go back. Yeah. Yeah. That level is so difficult. Um, also, when you do the motorcycle, like right after that, like those levels are hard. But like to your point, the Star Wars games, those were those just punched you right in the nuts. And just completely went off the, the, the canon route. They were like, let's make a bunch of stuff up. Yeah. And it was just nonsense. In that yeah. Games. Oh, man, it was it was good. But yeah, that, I had those. Uh, I had a toy lightsaber. Um, it was one of the earlier ones that you could snap and it would fold out. Um, and I remember early on the batteries died and I never replaced them mainly cause I just didn't feel like it, but I used to flip the thing open all the time. It was a blue one. We uh, had a, we had a Darth Maul lightsaber that was spring loaded. And so like both sides would just come out, shoot out it this way. And then, just, um, did you hate it when your lightsaber, if you hit a lightsaber too hard to another lightsaber, it would get that like white crease through it because you yeah because the plastic. plastic yep yeah it would get too that was frustrating i also hated when you'd flip it open and not all of the cones would come out or if you flip it too hard and the end piece goes flying oh do you have yeah. do you have half a lightsaber see like <sighs> for me the flipping it open would be the equivalent in back then of erectile dysfunction because your buddy like flicks <laughs> his open and then you're like let's do oh <laughs> And then you're sitting there, like, digging it out with your finger because it's stuck in there. Like, come on, just work. <laughs> Erectile lightsaber dysfunction. You're, come on, yeah. just work. It's a real issue, man. <laughs> now we don't have that problem because I went to uh, uh, Galaxy's Edge and built one with my son. And now I just go in his room and grab it whenever I feel like doing it. My daughter, by the way, is still obsessed with him. My youngest. Uh, which, one, which one? Oh, it was Jules. Like, you have two. Jules. I hold. I hold. Well, no. Audrey is not like so mystified by the lightsaber at sixteen like, years. I don't old. know. I mean, some sixteen-year-olds might just find that really. Interesting. She wants to know. build her own, and like the whole family has colors planned and whatnot. But um, the uh, the hunter wants red. We're a little worried. <laughs> <laughs> he currently has as uh, Kylo's, but it's like one yes. of the cheap ones. Oh, but he's like, I want to build a real red one. I'm like, no, you don't. Pick a different color. You good deviant child. child. Anyway, I just take it from him all the time, and you don't have to flick it out because it's already just like, and then Jules freaks out. It's the best. Like she'll be crying, crying, and I'm like, "Get the lightsaber!" <laughs> we bring it out, and you just fire it up, and she's like, starts clapping and going, "It's great." Um, toy. I'm trying to think if there was any other toys. I had uh, at one point my cousin. My cousin. My aunt was the type of aunt that bought my cousin whatever he wanted and spoiled him rotten. Sure. And, you know, 
I'm doing a lot better than he is these days, but that's a whole other story. Uh, she bought him <laughs> the, the uh, they were like laser tag, but Star Wars things that you'd strap to your chest. And they were mm. supposed to be like blasters. Yeah. And we'd pew pew in his backyard and run around and, you know, it would vibrate a little bit when you got hit and turn you off for 10 seconds. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we had those two that we played with when I was at his house. Would you believe me if I said that I was that intense with laser tag when we did it at Halo that I was when I was 10? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm like scared took, to go I mini took, golfing with you. I, I feel like laser, I took laser tag very seriously. I feel like you're going to bring a caddy to mini golf and be like, <laughs> we're doing 18 holes. <laughs> I hope you got guy. Don't worry. It's my caddy. Just keep going. What? You have one club. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah. Star Wars toys were great and then now I mean my house is littered with Star Wars toys because Hunter um what'd you get? He got a thing and he didn't tell me did he? (gasps) Where did you get that? Isn't that cool? I think it's cooler than that lightsaber that you got. Tell the audio listeners what you got. Okay chat so I had someone I commissioned someone uh, who's a community member and he does props. Um, He 3D prints and paints props. And so he, uh, I commissioned him to make me a uh, 3D printed BD-1 from the latest Star Wars game, Jedi Fallen Order. And so, there he is. Tim, can he? Can you get me a prize from him? Yeah, sure. On a Babu Frick for my shelf behind me. You want a Babu Frick? Who the hell wouldn't want Babu Frick? I don't know if he can do a Babu Frick. He can do a Babu Frick. But isn't he cool? And he's like move and stuff. Yeah, we have the uh, we have the the BB-8 that rolls around the house uh, attached to the cell phone. Oh, mine's the bigger one. Yeah, no, Hunter has a smaller, the Sphero one. You got the little guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Hunter can use the cell phone and makes him do all sorts of stuff. Yeah, toys are way more. So I saw. Um, what did I see? I was I was in Target the other day, and they've got the who's the who's the newest one? I don't remember his name. The little cute little guy with the wheel. Whoever he is, uh, they've uh, got JJ Abrams. One of those. It's J.J. Abrams. I forget the name of it. Uh, D something? I don't remember. Someone in chat will remember. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, they have that guy now. I'm sorry. I want to get that one so I can complete the collection. Dio. I got BD-1. I got a Dio. Yeah, I got, I got uh, BB-8. I want to get him. I want to get an R2-D2 in here. I just want to do I just want to do Star Wars everything. I have, uh, I have, I have Kylo's chilling up there with his scar and no mask. That you can see. I got Lando's. What was Lando's lever droid? I forget her name. She's sitting up there. Oh, God. <laughs> he really had a weird relationship with her. That was well, she strange. had a weird relationship with him. Um, I have this. This is the only thing I own that makes Tim jealous. Oh, my God. Fuck you. I have Cal Castus's lightsaber from from uh, Jedi Fallen Order. So mad. Xbox is the one who handed it's those It's the out. only thing. It's the only I hit up everybody at EA. I'm like, what the hell? Because I have like a great relationship with everybody, and they're like, "Dude, we would have sent you one if we could, but that was from Xbox." I'm like that, that, and my pool are the only good things Mixer ever gave me, Chad. Okay, see you next week. Have I not told you the joke? My no, chat now jokes know. that that the only reason I went to Mixer was to get a pool. <laughs> so we call it the mixer pool they say there's a mixer logo at the bottom of it there's not tim has seen it but now i'm saying that this lightsaber and and the uh the pool are the only two things that mixer ever gave me that's funny <sighs> good times um i'm sure we'll talk about toys more in, in as we go along in the series um and we already have some guests lined up chat I met with the Rare Job team today, and I gave them a couple names, and those people were like, yes, and Paul's like, I asked this person, and they want to be on, too. No one like that yet, Tim. Oh, okay. I was like... No one like that. Don't worry. I definitely tweeted at Taika Waititi throwing my... my, Yeah, uh, you did. Throwing my Hail Mary there for a second. uh, Very subtle there, Kevin. (sighs) Subtle. Please, Tim. Calm down. Uh, this one comes from CinemaBlend.com. Mark Hamill reveals secret Star Wars cameos in the standalone movies. Eyebrows. In the final episode of Disney Plus's Mandalorian documentary series, we learn that Mark Hamill appeared in one episode of the series voicing a droid. Before we go on, Tim, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, Johnny Walker. I am drinking the McAllen uh, 15 again. I need a, I, Kevin, we need to, I, I need to try that. I have yet, I've never had it. Come over on Thursday or Friday. I can do that. Okay. 
either night. I have 12, too, because my in-laws got it for me for Father's Day. Um, with Hamill being an accomplished voice actor, which, if you don't know, chat, Mark Hamill's voice acting. He is the Joker. You are like, our age. Yeah. There's, there's, there's two variants of the Joker. Heath Ledger's Joker and Mark Hamill's Joker, and no one else exists in my life. Jack? That's you it. don't like Jack? I love Jack. <sighs> He's okay. He's just like, after like seeing like the, the whole gamut of, of Jokers, you know, the full spectrum, if you will. Uh, I, I really feel like it's either Heath Ledger or Mark Hamill. Did you ever see um, Mark in the booth doing Joker? Yes. Where he oh like crunches gosh. himself up and he he's like, like contorting. He like he, yeah, he dismorphs himself. There's like, yeah, he contorts and he just like, he really gets into it. Yeah, it's it's wild. He's Joker! <laughs> like when he does the laugh, he throws his head back and like really gets into it. It's It's mm. wild. Um, yeah. we already knew that Hamill voiced a small alien uh, cameo alien in Star Wars: The Last Jedi alongside his normal duties, but it turns out that Hamill's presence in Star Wars is even greater than we thought, as the actor has now confirmed that he appears in both both of the recent non-Skywalker saga films, Rogue One and Solo. Shut the hell up! Following the reveal of the, his Mandalorian status, Hamill took to Twitter to confirm. He appears in the two standalone Star Wars movies as well as the main trilogy, and that his voice, voice can in fact be heard in The Force Awakens. What? Oh, we knew that he was in The Force Awakens. Didn't we? Yes. Yeah. Uh, we knew that he had more than just a role of him standing there. Yes. Um, he but, tweeted. This is his tweet. Now wait, the so was he was he in the Mandalorian? Yeah, it's gonna explain everything. Okay, perfect. Okay. Uh, he's one of the droids in the Mandalorian in, in on Tatooine. Um, now that the Mandalorian secret is out, might as well reveal I am vocally represented in all Star Wars films except the prequels. Thanks to Matthew Wood for using me in Rogue One, Solo, and the sequels, so I do have lines in Episode 7. Hint, look for parts played by Patrick Williams. Uh, Mark Hamill actually misremembers his pseudonym here, as it's actually William M. Patrick, who is given a credit for additional voices in both Rogue One as Star Wars Stories and Solo as Star Wars Stories. So Why it's a fake a, name. Why did he use a pseudonym? Because like, he's, he's Mark Hamill and he loves to do stupid shit like this. Uh, unfortunately, since it doesn't specify a character name, it's anybody's guess where Hamill's voice actually appears. There are several aliens, droids, and other similar characters who could be Mark Hamill in disguise. Uh... This means that Mark Hamill's appeared in eight of the 11 Star Wars movies, plus The Mandalorian, making him an even bigger part of the Star Wars universe than we thought. Honestly, it makes one wish uh, that Mark Hamill had done uh, something similar in the prequels. These sorts of cameos are commonplace now, but it's likely that the idea of having Hamill do a voice cameo just never crossed anybody's mind. Otherwise, they would have done it. Ah, uh, yeah, and he's the bartender droid in The Mandalorian. There's more to the article, but it kind of just tells I don't remember hearing that, that bartender droid talk at all. <clears throat> it's probably Damn. so subtle and in the background that you just didn't notice anything. Yeah. That's cool. That's very neat. I love that. <clears throat> yeah, it's in the Mandalorian in the, in the gallery episode. Yeah. Um, it must be in the gallery episode that I haven't completely watched. Yeah, that's yet, what somebody man. said. Speaking of gallery, I have, I have to watch. I have to watch the last episode and I'm like halfway through it. Speaking of gallery, I watched the next one with the uh, the the wall. Uh, yeah, the room, the yeah, the yeah. wall, and it, a couple things that I took note of. One, George Lucas was like, "Yeah, I was trying to build that down." He was even saying where he was trying to build it at the ranch, but he was just didn't have the technology at his disposal. The the cool thing was is he like he even like says he's like at some point it's we're gonna come to we're gonna get to a point with movie making that you're gonna be able to do this in your garage. Right, like, you're gonna be able to like this is while they were making the the prequels. He's like, you know, like, look at this massive set we have to do with, like, all these blue screens and, and all this stuff. And it's going to get to the point where you can do this in your garage and make a, an entire feature film with a, you know, with a, with a really small room and a, and, a, and a decent budget. And he's right. When they did it, John Favreau pulled it off. I can guarantee you that if Rare Drop continues to produce content for, like, the next decade, let's say, that we will have something to this effect Kevin, on a much small, no, but on a much smaller scale, because think how technology moves. Think how film. Tim, we're sitting here. You're in your house. I'm in my house. We're doing a a live show to two different websites on the internet. He gets me so excited, Chad. 
think about it. Talks like this. No, I believe you. We're doing this. The show is being broadcast in 1080p, 60 frames per second. Uh, And then we'll take it and we'll put it on other websites. But think we have that at our disposal. If you go back a decade and tell you or me that, we'll be like, please, how are you going to do that? That's crazy. What are you going to use your phone modem? Actually, it was DSL 10 years ago. We're not that old. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's completely possible that in the next decade, it's... Well, I think, like, the coolest thing when it came to, like, the room... I keep on forgetting what it was called. Um, but, uh... I didn't realize the ceiling was was a screen, too. Yeah, yeah, no, so the screen... The, the ceiling's a screen. All of the walls... It's a 360-degree wall... Uh, of individual LED panels. And what's really cool is the technology that they announced that they were using with Epic and Unreal. Um, And this plays into what John was pulling off with the Lion King and kind of like the idea was created when he did the Jungle Book. And so being able to do real-time rendering of like light settings and not having to go across the world to go somewhere is really cool like they're able to do like all these like the desert scenes and like all these places and like even like in the caverns i honestly thought he was inside like a cavern he wasn't they actually shot all of that inside a room right and they just changed the floor settings like they literally just have like different sets that can roll out for the floor like boulders and 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 pieces and stuff and like the 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 razor crest part of the razor crest is built out and everything else is rendered out for them so they can interact with it and the sand crawler, like all of that stuff is just mind blowing that it's literally just in a warehouse. And Filoni was saying when they were doing the scene where they went to the space station before yeah. they did the, the jailbreak, yeah. um, that they sat there and they tried to figure out what was a prop and what wasn't in the room. Yeah. Yeah. They, so they, in the they room, brought, they sat there trying to figure out this is well, a prop. This isn't. Well, they brought Disney execs. And they honestly thought, like, so they showed the vol. So it's called the volume. Uh, Robert in Facebook chat reminded me. Uh, it's called the volume. And they, they brought Disney execs inside. And they honestly thought the entire thing was was real. Mm-hmm. Which is just crazy. It just shows, like, how cool, like, how powerful Unreal Engine is. And how it's able to just, like, render all this stuff out in real time. Like, I want to know. I would love to see the computer setups that are able to just, like, <laughs> pump that stuff out. It's and even, even, even how Favreau described how he did the Lion King in Unreal Engine. He did it in, in Unreal with and with VR, VR. Which was crazy. Every, like all of the cam like all of the camera actions and stuff were actually done in real time with in VR. A, with with a Vive setup. It's crazy. In VR. And it's nuts, man. It's just like and they started using like this like the way that they were using like in world in real world items to manipulate inside VR is just mind blowing. I loved how um uh, Carl Weathers was saying that it was easier to do the lava scene because no matter where you looked, you felt like you were going through the tunnel. And the one side, it was getting brighter and you were getting outside. And the uh, place where you came in from was getting smaller. They the, were always moving. Like it felt like even Gina Carano said, like, she yeah, almost Gina had to hold on to the rail. Sickness. Yeah. Yeah. Because she felt like she was actually moving. And the cool thing about that is, like, they said, they said that it was so easy for them to interact with the set and really feel like they were in it so they felt like that their acting was was so much better than it would be if they were trying to like just having like a, a box that you would have to like pretend was something when in fact you could actually like interact with a real what essentially looked like a real thing right and it really made their performance that much better you have to like, you have- you, like imagine like what the prequels could have been you know if it wasn't yeah. just all in front of a blue set you you look at this and you look at the way too like theme park ride technology is that this oh my is, god yeah. this is the next step um you know universal is actually doing a lot of this like the king kong ride takes aspects of this and yeah um, does it. harry potter does that really well but th- this proves that they can make fully immersive rooms that are 360 degrees no matter where you look there's action going on and i yep. think that's the next step for especially for a Star Wars experience, like in space or something, if you're they put you in an X Wing or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of did that with the Millennium Falcon ride, the Smuggler's Run, uh, but it's only the, the windows in front of you. You right. know, think about sitting in the cockpit of an X Wing with like you and me, 
front and back and like everywhere we turned with no headset on it was a space battle no matter where we were yeah um uh, it's crazy to think about yeah uh, they have this tech in Disney. I've seen the Pirates of the Caribbean ride in Shanghai. D- uses oh my this. god! I watched. I watched a YouTube video. Someone recorded the entire experience from front. From yeah, it uses uses similar technology. Ratatouille, like it's cool. Like when we said we were going to talk about Disney, um, <laughs> I tried. the imagine the, the Imagineering episode that they talked about using technology and like VR and stuff and how they're able to do like all of their concepts and whatnot and in designs in VR and then they map out a track with their car. And then they make their their passengers use a VR headset, and then they actually experience the ride all the way through from start to finish in VR in a physical car, so they can feel the motions and stuff. But visually, they don't have to like go out and build like some type of prototype. They can do it all in in VR, which is really neat. Crazy, crazy. Do yeah. I have a picture of the X-wing at Galaxy's Edge? Uh, if you go to raredrop.co/slash/youtube and go to the second episode of the vlog, you can see my trip to Galaxy's Edge, which includes the X-wing. Um, and me having a, a small orgasm inside of the, the holding area for the Smuggler's Run ride, which was literally the Millennium Falcon. Um, yeah. Apparently there's an Easter, apparently there's an Easter egg on that, on that ride. Well, you, on the, it, there's like different make, permeations that you can get of it. Yeah. Well, they have, yeah, they have, like, they have a bunch of different, like, setups that you can, that you go through. So it's always a different run just, every time. It's just like, uh, Star Wars tours. Yep. Um, but apparently there's an Easter egg where if you hit buttons in the right combination, you make like Chewy like show up or something, or like he like you can he like becomes like a part of the thing. It's, it's something that I, I read in a news article that huh. like the actual like the programmers or like whoever designed the ride, they actually like put in some like fun Easter eggs for people to figure out because like, you're controlling everything. It's almost like Mission to Mars, but like you're actually like really like doing things. I haven't gotten to experience yet. So this is all just me from secondhand accounts. Interesting. Um Star, Star Tours was updated too, Tim, for uh, Rise of Skywalker. Wink. Oh. Well, they did, they've done that for every movie. Like yeah. when, when when Force Awakens, like Jack Who was there. But I'm trying to tell you, it's been updated specifically for Rise of Skywalker, Tim. Oh. And that means really there's cool. a big fight. That means there's a big fight scene that can you go to Exegol. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. I know folks are uh, dying to talk about squadrons, and I have the trailer already. We're going to do the whole nine yards. Uh, you, you can use the Slido link questions and uh, command questions in Twitch. It's in the description in Facebook if you want to pull out some questions. Uh, but let's talk about squadrons. I'm not going to have my notes here because uh, I got to use the computer for the video, Tim. Mm-hmm. So if you'd like to describe the game and what we learned and all of that fun stuff, we can... Uh, Sure. I mean, so Star Wars Squadrons is essentially what we thought it was going to be. Uh, it's going to end up being like this reimagination of uh, TIE Fighter versus X-Wing uh, from like back in the day. Uh, it's a 5v5 uh, Rebels versus or the, the, the new the the the, uh, the old Empire because this takes a little bit after Return of the Jedi. So it's going to be the shambles of the Empire versus the New Republic. And uh, there's different classes. Uh, it's, 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 it feels like it's taking bits and pieces from Battlefront because Motive yeah. did Motive Motive did take um, Motive did work on Battlefront too. So I feel like they're using assets and they're using concepts um, from Battlefront two, especially in um, the, the the game mode that is specific to just dogfighting to Starfight uh, to Starfighter Assault. Um, that game mode in speci- like specifically was designed for this thing. Um, I feel like it was kind of like the prototype, if you will, for this new game. Um, so this is going to be a little bit more competitive. There's there's classes, and and then there's a bunch of different types of uh, modules that you can unlock and, and whatnot. It looks cool. Um, it's all going to be in VR. Oh, I mean, you can. It's got full VR support, so you can play the entire thing in VR. There's there's parts. There's story. So that means that this game is now considered canon. So there is going to be story in the game that will be a part of the Star Wars universe, which is really exciting. Um, it, it's not going to be like a full on like battlefront single player experience like they offered in Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, it, it feels like it's going to be like stories told through missions and then it'll be a very, very heavy focus on the multiplayer, which has two modes, the 5v5 straight up. And then what was the other one called? 
Uh, I don't remember. That one had like more like actual like objectives. Well, it was a progression the same way you do uh, Galactic Assault in right. Battlefront, where you would progress into a certain zone and then back out if you lost. The same, literally almost the same premise, just you're in a ship instead of on the ground. Yeah, like it's, it's, it's frustrating. I think we talked about this last, last episode. Um, this game feels like it's just a filler. Um, this feels like it was kind of rushed in the sense that EA was looking for a new Star Wars title to get out there but they they knew all of the big hitting star wars titles are being worked on and they really can't deliver on something that is to the equivalence of battlefront 2 or jedi fallen order and so i think they just they wanted to get something that was out there i'm honestly surprised by the price tag i i thought it would have been a little bit cheaper um of a game but the gameplay looks the gameplay looks decent are you going to bring up the tra- the the video for the the gameplay uh, I can, yeah, yeah, I can. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd bring that up and and show that. Okay. Um, to those that missed it, um, it looks good. It, it does, it does look decent. Um, I I definitely will check this out in VR. Um, I, I think it'll have a lot more abilities for you to interact with the cockpit. They talked about one of the developers talked about being able to 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 move power from like weapons to thrusters or from thrusters to shields. And and so being able to like have that level of control over your ship sounds really, really exciting. Um, but is that going to be more of like, is that more of like a fan service thing or is that actually something that's going to be fun to do constantly over and over and over again? Um, my fear is that this is going to be a flash in the pan. It'll be fun to play a couple times. And then you're just like, I'm done. Like we, I, we only play it on May 4th every year. Yeah, exactly. Or it's like, yeah, is this going to be like something I'm playing VR for a day? And I'm just like, all right, I experienced this. I'm done. Um, so wait, what is it? What is it on Steam? Is it a is it a sixty dollar game? No, it's forty. Forty dollar game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like, I mean, like, I I hope for a forty dollar game. There's definitely some meat in there. Um, I hope that we do get our our money's money's worth out of it. But um, the only yeah, thing good. only thing I'm upset with with VR is that I can't wear the helmet I'm buying while i play it true kevin very true but i'm gonna play it in vr uh it's also uh joystick compatible which i found very interesting yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna whip out my x my uh x52 my satek x52 and just do use that and and be in vr the whole time that'll be fun because i need to i need to buy one yeah just for this i don't care it's a good joystick uh, I'm excited. I think it'll be a few days of fun. I think it'll be a great game to just jump into whenever people want to like, what should we do tonight? Well, let's drink and play uh, uh, Squadrons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm hurling. Oh, we went to hyperspace. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, it, at minimum, it's a pretty game. Um, the cockpits are very diverse, uh, which basically give you eight aesthetics. I could see them adding more along the way. Um, the ships all seem to handle differently too. I would uh, hope so. I mean, like a, a an X wing. I mean, you know, per per the way that X wing X wing controls are described, especially in aftermath. Uh, and I honestly had no idea like how because you only see you only see Tie fighters going in a like horizontal movement. You know, they're just going you know this way. Um, but they actually move on on, on more axes than that. They actually they can actually stop in midair and they can go up and down left and right and they can pivot and they can do all these things i honestly had no idea they act like a harrier essentially they're they're like a vtol um, a vertical takeoff and landing vehicle um so like x ed, x-wing behaves very very different from a tie fighter and like a normal tie fighter should feel different from a tie interceptor or a tie bomber like a tie bomber should feel heavy should feel like a tank you know so like that should be like really hard to control but like feel really really good like when you're able to master that and it should have like a really good punch to it because it has a huge arsenal um yeah yeah, and so like a tie interceptor should feel like really fast and nimble at the same time it's going to be uh you know you're going to trade off armor and uh defenses for speed and maneuverability um being able to get in and out so um I, i and that's how it was in battlefront as well like those those same types of mechanics you know stayed true to that but I'm, I'm curious to see like what type of like control will i have like over next one will i be able to like fly in an x-wing full speed come to a halt can i like go up in the air and spin around like they showed they were talking about one 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 dev was talking about an experience they had where like an x-wing was flying and he was able to like stall and like flip around behind a tie fighter and then like shoot him like 
Will I be able to do that in game? Like, is that going to be something that I will actually be able to pull off? Uh, I hope so. You know, I think this kind of goes back to you. Like, this is going to be like the Top Gun Star Wars game. Yeah. So like, I, I want that experience. I want to be like that ace pilot and like live that fantasy. I mean, even in the gameplay tra gameplay trailer, I'm looking at the maneuverability and like everything looks feels like it moves differently. Like some of them, they're mm -hmm. coming around corners and it's very tight. Some of them can turn on a, on a dime. Some of them move like trucks. Yeah. Like it, it feels very different for each. Like this one that we're watching right now, kind of moving a yeah, little bit slower. Tony in chat says that flight mechanics in BFT were not that good. Yeah. In Battlefront 2, the flight mechanics were not good. They were not. They felt they felt bad, especially on mouse and keyboard. Like it was a mode oh, that you had to play on, on control. You had to play on controller. Mm -hmm. You had to play that game on a controller. It was it definitely felt better. And that was actually like feedback that we gave them all the time was like this this feels good with the controller. It feels terrible on mouse and keyboard. They can never get it right. Um so I would assume they don't take the flight mechanics from Battlefront. I think they're just gonna take the ideologies and just like the things that like the systems they created as far as like how things interact and like how they behave will probably do that but i would assume they completely overhaul the, the, the flight mechanics because it's going to be you're in the cockpit like you are you're in charge of this they want you to feel like you're in charge of this massive machine yeah. um not not from this like pulled away camera you know that's like 20 feet behind the vehicle yeah and they have their way of monetizing the cosmetics and all that stuff that seem to be in it but they also said you'll be able to earn stuff in game which is nice um, the I would hope so. I, mean, I would hope their MTX is not too aggressive since it already has a $40 price tag on top of it. And then the component system is what's going to differentiate, like, basically your build of your ship uh, and yeah. how it works. I'm curious to see how they balance that out. I know it's a Star Wars podcast and now we're talking about video games, but uh, I'm curious to see, like, how they, like, balance all that, all that stuff out so you, you don't become, like, this, like, the one guy who's been grinding and nonstop because he absolutely loves Star Wars and he's really good at flying video games and he just like grinds through everything and I come in the next day and I'm just like, I'm level two and this guy's level 55 and he just like, it just keeps on just squashing me. I just hope so there's not, that plays. I hope there's not the dud ship that nobody picks, you know, and it's like <laughs> everyone's flying the same five ships in every battle. That's what I'm, uh, I'm hoping they avoid. They were able to find character balance though in Battlefield uh, Battlefront 2 because you know even if you came in fresh yes did another person have advantage of you because of the perk cards and the how far along they were with the perk cards but it wasn't so bad to the point where you couldn't kill anybody um, so I hope that it's similar to that plus you always you didn't have to play PvP in Battlefront you could have played PvE and, and leveled up before you went and played with the big boys um, for me though too honestly and everyone said the same thing like PvE was the quickest way to level up in that game anyway. It was also really, it was also really, just really enjoyable. Yeah, because you felt like you were in Star Wars when you played PvE. Uh, PvP was... Some of that stuff was sweaty, Tim. Yeah. Sweaty. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it comes out on October uh, October 2nd. Uh, 2nd, yes. So uh, you won't have to worry about Cyberpunk because Cyberpunk's delayed. So you'll probably just be playing Destiny and then you can jump into a few days of this. <laughs> Dude, someone said that to me. They're like... What about Cyberpunk and Destiny in the Destiny New Light? I'm like, oh crap, oh no, and then we're good. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, we're we good. good. I'm gonna I'm gonna skate my way through the beginning of uh, of September, and then I'll I might pop into Destiny. I'm gonna wait and see. I still have my still have my reservations, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, it looks fun, and it looks like a good game to play with friends. I think that's gonna be the key, just like Battlefront. Battlefront Solo is fun, but it's nothing like playing with your friends. It's two different experiences, in my opinion. This game, to me, has the same vibe, where if I'm playing with Tim, I'm playing with Ben uh, and Corey and whoever else, it's going to be a good time. You know, you can do viewer games with chat. I don't think it's this thing where you're going to sweat for two months and, like, grind it out. Like Tim said, I think it's a few days, and then maybe you'll go back to it every so often just for fun, or if you're bored or you want to just chill with your friends. cool vader immortal is a very good is uh star wars video game people VR, are telling me game. to play more story games so i'm probably gonna add vader Don, you kevin it's very fun i gotta get my vr you, hooked are gonna, up. you are going to lose your shit i gotta get my vr hooked up i i don't like vr games where i have to walk around i you like don't have to walk around a lot okay i like the it, ones it, where it, you get to you sit. can literally you can literally stand in a spot 
and you point to where you're going to go. Like and they do they the do, teleport they do, walking. They do. They do travel very, very well in the game. There's no like the free like you can do free roam, but it like <laughs> makes you want to puke because <laughs> uh, everyone's like, <laughs> I was doing it in chat. It, I I I was do I was playing Vader Immortal and and chat wanted me to try to do free roam. And I'm just like. I'm going to puke. I'm telling you, I'm going to throw it. And they're like, just try it. And I tried it. And I was like, no, no. So. Tim yakking on streams for, for stars chat. Uh, <laughs> where did I put your Slido questions? All right. A few people popped questions in Slido. So it looks like tonight we'll get to all of them. Remember, it's command questions uh, in Twitch chat. And it's in the description in Facebook. Uh, Chef Buddha asks, I personally enjoyed the newer Thrawn books. Just finished, actually. Would you enjoy seeing a Thrawn movie or a movie is told yes. from the Empire's point of view? Yes, we were literally talking about that this morning on stream. And I said, how cool would it be to see a, a, a movie from the Empire's point of view? Especially from, like, Stormtroopers. You know, like, like cover it, like, make it like a war movie, but you're, like, looking at it from... Stormtroopers point of view and the whole thing you don't think we've gotten um, to the point with Stormtroopers though where they're basically a meme at this point they are at a massive meme dude <laughs> most definitely but I would love to I would love to see a Thrawn movie um, or just more Thrawn presence like Thrawn is an amazing character in Rebels um, he's also just an amazing character in the universe uh, his story is really really neat and very interesting uh, I need to finish book two. Uh, I finished book one and absolutely loved it. I need to finish book two. Uh, book three is coming out, and then they've also announced a fourth book. So, like, Thrawn, Thrawn is just a very, very lovable character. People just absolutely love him. So, If they make a Thrawn movie, uh, what's-his-face from Rebels has to play Thrawn. There. Oh, 100%. I don't know what he looks like in real life, though. Does he, like, could he, like... Is oh he, yeah, yeah, like visually, like he's older, so it would have to be a movie that takes place as older Thrawn, but he could totally do it. It's Mads Mikkelsen's brother, uh, Lars Mikkelsen. No, Lars. Yeah, it's that Lars Mikkelsen. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mads brother. You've seen yeah. him in a bunch of other movies. <clears throat> yeah, Lars Mikkelsen. Look him up. You've seen him, or I'll just put it up on the stream for you, Tim. Are you ready? There'll be a delay, but you'll see it when you see it. There he is. Oh yeah, he could pull off Thrawn. Oh my god, with the right with the right makeup and everything. Yeah, he could be Thrawn. He could do it. It's no, almost plays, no, no. Lars Mikkelsen plays um. Oh crap! Didn't he play a? Didn't he play a vampire? Played a bunch of stuff. He's also been in a lot of foreign movies, according to this. He was uh, wasn't he in um? Sherlock too wasn't he one of the villains if I remember correctly. Um, anywho, yeah, he's yeah, he's he got the facial up. structure for it. Uh, I almost feel like Rebels kind of drew, drew Thrawn with Lars Mikkelsen in mind. Sure. Timbo yeah. asked, "Why isn't there a Shadows of the Empire movie or show? Do you want to see one? Dash is such a cool character, in my opinion." Tim. I, 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 I don't know. Can you ask Dave when we talk to him? <laughs> I, Shadows of the Empire is fun. Um, I've said I don't it know before. Enough. I, see, I, don't, I can't answer that because I don't know anything really about Shadows of the Empire. I have a hard time seeing Disney do feature films from the Empire's point of view. Because whether or not you all want to agree with it, you too, Tim, they are the bad here, guys. And here we go. Star Wars was made for kids. Now, Disney Plus show, I could see that 100%. Uh, but like a major feature film, video game, totally could see it. Major feature film, don't see it. What read is that? What is the premise of, of Shadows of the Empire? I'll read it to you. It's been many years. You never played it? No. It's on uh, Origin if you ever want to play it. it. Oh, I see. The idea was to create a story set between The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi to explore the commercial possibilities of a full motion picture release without it actually making a film. The venture was intended to reinvigorate interest in the franchise ahead of the theatrical special editions of the Star Wars trilogy. I remember when those came out. I never read the books, but the game was um, on N64. Uh, Dash Rendar was the was the main character. Um 
IG-88 is in the game. Boba Fett's oh, in no the game. Shit. Yeah, there's there's a lot of notable characters. Luke is in the game. Uh, I think you save Luke at one point. Um, it's been a while. I remember you going to Coruscant and a whole bunch of stuff. It was cool. The books were really good. I never read the books. I think I read the comic once a long time ago. I'm old, chat. I'm old. Next question. Sanctuary said, do you think we will ever have a show about Revan, Bane, and Plagueis? I yearn for dark side focused show, but I'd settle for Grey Jedi at this point. Not right now. Two things. Uh, everything I just said before, and Disney does not acknowledge the term Grey Jedi. Which I hate because I love I love the premise. I I love I I, I think that that is the perfect force user is someone who lives in the middle who use like that yin yang that yin and yang like the light and the dark like being able to harness both sides and and use them equally because i mean everything's about balance right and so to have someone who is in that balance and is able to wield both sides i, I love i love that and that's why i love ahsoka's character so much um and i mean essentially that's what that's what luke turns into um, you know, and, and that's, uh, that's essentially how they kind of set up Ray's character. Uh, if you read the books, if you read episode seven's book, um, they really, they, and, and they, they showcase it here and there and they talk about it in episode eight, how it's like Luke freaks out and he's like, oh my God, like you were tempted by the dark side and you went towards it. But at the same time, she knew that that was bad. You know, like she, she saw what it was able to do, but at the same time she respected it. And it wasn't like she was like a Sith. You know, it's not like she wanted to just be completely, completely consumed by it. She wanted to learn from it. Um, and so, like, I feel like they kind of set Ray's character up to be a gray in that sense where she was going to be that balance. And then just it never came to fruition. That was what I really hoped for her character. Um, so that was unfortunate. But, like, I, I love I, I would love to see Disney and Lucasfilms and just the Star Wars um uh, franchise as a whole kind of dive more into stuff like that but for right now especially with the high republic um happening right now i don't think we're going to see anything old republic um you know we're, we're seeing like riven like revan's lightsaber you know coming out as like a physical thing um so like they are recognizing the old republic and that storyline but as far as when it comes to like a motion picture um, I don't think that'll happen. If anything, I think that'll like what Kevin said. I think it'll end up being something that'll be on Disney Plus as a series, like what they're doing, like with the Obi Wan show, um, or something along those lines. It'll be it'll be like a, a short feature film, you know, nothing too crazy. It'll be like something tiny, like maybe like a four a four parter episode or something like that. Jamie's Playground said, "Did you know that the first chapter of the High Republic got released online? I saw that today, no, and I shut saw the that front door. I saw that it explains why the High Republic fell already, which I thought was interesting. So they start off by telling you what happened and what went wrong. I guess I don't know. No fucking way. Where can I find this? Uh, just Google it. I believe uh, I believe Star Wars released it. It wasn't Lucas released it. Not oh." Uh, Senkia said, what do you think of the chances are that they will tie in Ahsoka to Mando? If the rumors are true, Ahsoka, Ezra, and Sabine are all in The Mandalorian Season 2, which is <laughs> wild and hopefully does not ruin the immersion between animated versus live action because it's that's my that's my biggest fear is that they're not going to be able to hit it on the head. And they're gonna fall short, and all of the diehard Rebel and Clone Wars fans are gonna be pissed because we know how vocal the Star Wars community can be. But it's also John Favreau. Can you guys react to how Dave Filoni explains Duel of Fates? We've already done that. Uh, when, did we do that last episode? Either last episode or the first episode. Last episode. It was either the first episode or the, or the second episode. But we, yeah, we've already, we went over that. Go check it out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or raredrop.co slash YouTube. Uh, what do you I think? Feel, I feel Qui-Gon was a gray. He was by principle of your vernacular saying the word gray. Disney does not acknowledge the word, the term gray. Right. We're not saying not, they don't exist. Canon. We're not saying they don't exist, but the term that you use, gray, does not exist. Right. They don't have a. The they don't, there's no. There is no terminology for a force wielder that lives in the light and the dark, which is Ahsoka, without actually calling her anything. 
Yeah, she's just she's not a Jedi. They they have left her what she is ambiguous for ever since she leaves the order in uh But it's Wars. funny though because she actually like ties her she doesn't she cut ties from the force? She says she did and then she realigned herself at some point. Right, but they like they don't talk about that in the book really. It's frustrating. Uh last question Alex asks, what do you think about the Kenobi show that was announced for Disney Plus? Uh, they said it was going to be a show, then they said it was going to be a mini-series movie, and now they're back to it being a show. Deborah Chow is directing it. Who directed? I like her a Men. lot. So do I, after the gallery series. Oh uh, my gosh. And that's all we know. We know Ewan McGregor's coming back. I hope they can make it more exciting than him just hanging out in the desert playing cards, looking at some kid play in the, in the sand. Because <laughs> that's what I'm worried about. Like, okay, so he sits, he sits in the sand for 20 years. No, sorry. Yeah, 20 years. Uh, communing with with Qui Gon Jinn, learning how to become a part of the li- uh, the, the living force, and playing Pazak with him. That's it. Like, there's not much that happens to Ben, so I wonder how they're gonna turn essentially a story that isn't really worth telling into something that's gonna be fun. I just don't know how that happens. I mean, like, yeah, he fights Maul, but I mean, that's essentially towards the end of of Obi Wan's life, anyways. Uh, that's it. I don't. I don't know what what's gonna be so fun for what's gonna be fun for Ben that's gonna be worth telling. I don't know. No, the Kenobi book is not canon anymore. Wait, what? The Kenobi book from like Lucas Arrow stuff. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's not canon. They might they might pull from that, but it's not canon. And I'm only joking when I say he sits in the desert and plays Pazak. Obviously, I doubt that Disney would dump millions and millions of dollars into making a series about an <laughs> well, old man means, sitting in the desert. But that means that all of the stuff that's going to be happening in her show is going to be created for that show and then become canon, which is going to be very, very interesting because there is a huge time gap between episode three and episode four. That it's, it's well, I mean, like they're filling that gap now, but the, the gap for, for Ben Kenobi, it's there. There's a lot of... There's a lot of room, a lot of, a lot of wiggle room to do some cool shit. I just hope it's fun. Check. Because like Ben's whole thing was I'm living in solitude. I'm by myself. I'm a hermit. I, I, he apparently never leaves Tatooine. Tim, they so, don't think I'm joking. They're being, they're being, they think I'm serious. Tim, what? remind them of when I watched Clone Wars Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. And I was furiously texting you because I couldn't sit down on my couch. Oh, he was freaking out. It was hilarious. And then it was so poetic, but we'll save extremely the f- poetic. full description of that for another episode because we're out mm-hmm. of time. Sorry, I sorry. Do that Actually, to you. there was there was well there was there was one more question I want to want to answer. Yeah, yeah, Someone yeah, asked. Someone asked. Uh, um, uh, what is a good graphic novel to start with? Because I really want to start reading Star Wars graphic novels. Um, I really like Aftermath. Um, Aftermath was like my real like first step into the star wars literature universe um so i think aftermath is a super fun storyline because it talks about everything that happens immediately after the fall of the empire leading up to the battle of jakku and so uh that is that is where i recommend you start you get that that's what tim recommended aftermath series very very good boom one of my one of my favorite Chat will be back next week. We're going to talk more about the gallery series uh, on Disney Plus, plus whatever news has come out. If there's any stories or anything you'd like us to talk about, you can uh, tweet us at Rare Drop Co. on Twitter or Rare Drop Co. on Facebook as well. He's Darkness429 on Facebook. I'm KMagic101 on Twitch. Uh, and again, we are Rare Drop. If you want to listen to other episodes of this show or any of our other shows, you can go to Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or raredrop.co slash YouTube. You can also just go to raredrop.co, and it's all sitting right there for you. All of it. Every last bit of it. Raredrop.co. Thank you for uh, listening, watching, doing whatever you do. We will see you next week on Monday. We'll be back on Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern uh, right here at twitch.tv slash raredrop and fb.gg slash raredropco. Have a good one, chat.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.